Hello and good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome in to the Brass Spring Media Podcast, the free flagship version of the show for Thursday, February 1st, 2024. What's going on? I'm Zach Haydorn. That is Tyler Sage. Uh, we are here for more wrestling talk. More wrestling talk. It's been a busy week. It's been a busy two weeks. Uh, we've got a lot to get to. Tyler, what's going on, yes. man? I like the hat. Dude. Thanks. I'm doing my hair and makeup as we start. So I decided on switching my hat and my, everyone knows my luscious locks are a little hard to maintain. So I had my, I had, this is my daily. So if everyone wants to see it, it's like a, keeps my hair out of my face. It's like a tooth thing because that's curly. So I was wearing that today while I was out and about. And I'm switching now to the cap because it's more photogenic. So that's what's going on. (laughs) And it's an Arsenal hat. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they are finally won a couple of games in the Premier League again. Pretty rough start of the year, but top four is looking pretty much easily in sight here. So that's that's a win. Top four is in sight. I still hold out hope. I mean, I still hold out hope. Uh, yeah, I mean, Jurgen Klopp. I mean, now this is a Premier League podcast, but Jurgen Klopp, <laughs> the manager of Liverpool, said he was going to retire at the end of the year. So um, win one for the Gipper, if you will. Seems to be the, the story there. So for the well, clock. You know I'd like nothing better than to for Arsenal to ruin to ruin that one. That'd be mm-hmm. that'd be great. But let's uh man, let's get into it. We got a, a really good show plan. Thanks to everybody who's joining us live right now in the chat is filling up. Zach is in there, Ryan's in there, Tracy's in there. Hello to you guys. Thank you, thank you for joining us. Uh Ryan tells me less hat, more book plugs. I need a bigger uh I need a bigger blanket, I guess. There it is. There's the book club book plug. Man, it, soon, soon it's gonna print, and when it does, we're gonna throw a huge big party. It's gonna be wonderful. But thank you for everybody for joining. This is our free flagship edition of the show for now. We're gonna go live more next week. Uh, we made that announcement on Tuesday uh, with uh, a couple more shows from Tyler and myself. Also, some brand new hosts, which we'll announce very, very soon. That we're super excited about. Um, but you can catch us now, 3 Eastern, every single Thursday, right here on the Brass Ring Media YouTube channel. We do have our Super Chats open. If you are willing and able to support the show, um, drop us a Super Chat. Any little bit helps keep this keeps this thing on the track, keeps this thing going. We'll make sure to read all your questions, take all your comments that are left via, via Super Chat today. Um, and we do appreciate it in advance. Um, if you're not able to listen to us live... All of these shows, all of our Brass Ring Media shows are available um, via podcast after the fact. So you can get them and download them and take them wherever you want to go um, from your favorite podcast app. We are there and they are waiting for you to to um, to download. If you want more Brass Ring Media stuff, you can become a member. Uh, Patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. We've got uh, a really nice Discord community building there from all of our members. Uh, You will have access to a free weekly members podcast that we record right after this. Access to all of our PLE pay-per-view review shows um, and so much more. Um, So for $4, you can become a a member, um, get full access to all of our stuff. um, And we certainly appreciate it. Patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. Hello to Ashley, who just joined us in the chat. Thanks for joining us. Appreciate you being here. But let's get into it, Tyler. Um, Dynamite, last night. We're going to be AEW heavy here. So AEW Dynamite last night was a pretty, I thought it was a pretty like, 
a good example of the type of show we've been talking about for a while that AW has to have. Not necessarily mm-hmm. like a burner, like start to finish. Nothing that's loaded up with a bunch of five-star matches, but some consistent like A to B to C storytelling, hyping big matches that are upcoming, trying to thread like longer-term stories throughout shows week to week to week. And I think you know, you didn't see AW hit on all of that last night. And I think there's a couple like glaring spots where I want to point that out. But they did hit in other places. They did hit there with yes, that's one of <laughs> good grief. Oh my god, you're gonna like you're gonna trigger me this early in the show. Like five minutes in. Yeah, that's why I can watch the video for that reference. We'll get to it, but that's the fun part of the of the YouTube video uh, version of the show. So. <laughs> Oh, you're going to trigger me five minutes in. <laughs> uh, the the good parts, though, where I thought, like, the, the Adam Page, Swerve Strickland stuff, I thought, for the most part, worked well. They've been telling the story of who's going to be the number one contender for the last few weeks. Now they're going to have they're going to have that match. They're going to have that match next week. And that match also coincides with Sting and Darby going after the tag team titles. And I thought they addressed that well on multiple fronts. Um, on last night's show with the sit-down interview, you know, between Darby and Sting with uh, with Big Bill and, and Ricky Starks, and then with Darby Allen and his interaction with, you know, Nicholas and Matthew, the, the Young Bucks. So uh, on that level, like, again, it wasn't anything that's going to knock your socks off, but it did the work to build to next week's show, which should knock your socks off. And, like, that's the idea here. Like, they got a lot out of – um, a lot out of this kind of work that they've put in, elbow grease, if you will, that they've put into these shows. And so while last night's certainly not going to go down as one of the best AW Dynamites of all time, you know, it, it if next week's show stands out in that regard, it's going to be – it's because of shows like this that set it all up. So what do you think of, of that – Of what do you think of my premise overall? And, you know, specifically uh, Sting, Darby – Page and Strickland. Yeah, I agree from the perspective that we tackle the business, that they're on the right path, telling the right stories, kind of slowly rebuilding who the top people are after, you know, your champion loses the title and is injured now for a long time. Your former other face of the company, you know, is fired for backstage altercations. One of your other main guys is out indefinitely due to a serious illness. You know, there's like a lot going on inside and outside of the ring for AEW that we've discussed a lot here. And the reset since Joe took over in all of January is leading to this and rebuilding expectations. Who's a top person? Who's not a top person, etc. Flip side is if you look at the, you know, cons- like a comparison of companies screen grab wise, let's say you're just like on Instagram, you see like a thing and you see all oh, 1800 people saw this show for AEW last night. You know, that's not a good benchmark, but I think they are at the point where you could have gone two directions if you're AEW um, at the end of last year, right? This this episode of Dynamite could have been the main event is Ric Flair and Sting having like a talking segment as like the main <laughs> event and you're like full-blown TNA 2004 level of like, okay, here's a bunch of 60-year-old, 70-year-old guys and we're main eventing with them in their former glory to get us to where we need to be. And instead, 
it's more so the other end of like, hey, we're doing a little bit of a soft reboot, like we've seen many times with WWE. Of like, hey, the product is like not as hot as it's ever been, but we are slowly building and kindling these new stars that we think are going to be around a long time. You can main event shows, and we're officially in like the second era, the second wavelength of who is who in AEW. And this show was a prime example of that. And when you can get, you know, I don't know what you'd rate it, seven out of ten from like a start to finish, like as a show, that's pretty good. Like it's hard for, in my opinion, for raw to be a seven out of 10 with all the stuff put together. Cause it's so long and there's so many options for bad segments, right? If there's eight segments and a dynamite and one or two were bad, that's the same as four being bad on raw, right? It just alters that. So from an enjoyment standpoint, it's good. I like what they're building. They're telling stories, you know, the world title feels honestly more important than it has since all in hasn't really felt yeah. this way since that point. So that's a good plus. Yeah. So the show itself, like week on paper, but it reminds me of old AEW where you kind of just tune in knowing it's going to be good. And, you know, you'd hope the same could happen for collision at some point, but you know, I'm curious what the number's going to be. Um, and I'm curious what next is going to be with the loaded show. You know, if this was a seven eighty and next week's like a seven ninety five, does that prove like, you know, your fan base for a, in a micro standpoint is there no matter what you put on there. Like, you know, is Wardlow versus Commander going to draw almost as much as Page and Swerve? Hopefully not, but it might be that point with the with the fan base, which is a pro and a con. So. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah, it is a pro and a con. I mean, for sure. Do you think so in the past when they would when when AW would like load up these dynamites, whether it was mm-hmm. a special named one or not, but I think back to like 2021 i think it was and you know the winter is coming maybe it was 2020 um that first winter is coming felt like a huge show i mean you had john moxley versus kenny omega for the title on it um and they were able to pull those types of shows out and draw you know a million people to watch live do you think that number is in the cards for them here next week with what they've got between with Sting and Darby chasing the tag titles, you've got Swerve and Page, and my guess is they're probably going to add a stipulation to that. Like I can't see them going back to like, well, we had a freaking death match, so let's just let's just let's just try to you know have a good old wrestling match here. Like I, I feel like they've got to add something there. Um, can like is it still possible for them to draw a million by jolting the lineup uh, in this way? For next week, that's a, the specific yeah. question. No, yeah, I don't for next for next week. Yeah, I don't think so. I think eventually you can get there, but you know, you can't just add twenty five percent. You know, rate. I mean, what was the the raw everyone was talking about, right? With Cody and Seth did like two something. What yeah. was the previous week? Like one point eight was the average. One point seven five, something like that. So <laughs> yes. like that's WWE off the second or third biggest show of the year with one of your biggest stars injured. And potentially some some big news yeah. happening across the show, and you add you know one hundred fifty thousand people, which wouldn't even be enough for AEW to get there. Let alone percentage wise, it's like AEW adding sixty thousand people or so, seventy five thousand people, right? Yeah. So it's uh, just from the boring analytical number standpoint, I don't think that's in the cards per se. But I think they can get there, depending if they keep on this build. That's the one thing that I think is an issue with. You know, I think I do think a rising tide raises all boats in the wrestling space. 
I think when you look week in and week out with the numbers, if someone is like, hey, I watched Raw, Dynamite, and um, SmackDown, and now they're watching maybe Raw, NXT, because that those ratings have gone up, and SmackDown, because they think WWE is like slightly hotter of a product right now. That's where you can get a couple thousand people swing and not watching the product because they're like, oh, I'll just watch it on delay or mm-hmm. you know whatever, right? So I think that's can be an issue with having so much content from a WWE standpoint, and it's super hot, is that you might get some people who are just not paying attention to AEW, especially during this time of year. Yeah, yeah, and there's only so many time, so many hours in the week, you know. So yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I think like. Yeah, I mean, for, for what it's worth, you know, I mean, they've lost momentum. AEW's lost momentum. So even when they put on a big show like this now, you know, you're, I think the water level for them has come down um, a bit. But, uh, you know, again, like your pro- wrestling promotions are going to have their ebbs and flows, their ups and downs. And this is a good next step. Like, I think this, this all came together really nicely by design you know to have these two big matches on this show tony khan's gonna have an announcement uh again next week uh that always helps i suppose um and so yeah you had to have this this big moment but yeah i'm with you i don't think it's gonna hit a million either i think if it gets into the 900s i mean that's that's good yeah uh, based on where things are um swerve strickland versus adam page is the match or is a match that's going to happen on the show. Number one contendership winner goes on to face Samoa Joe at revolution. Um, what are you expecting here to happen? Like, are you expecting triple threat? Are we going to get an actual clean finish here? Swerve is the number one ranked guy in the new rankings that came out for AEW. Page is number two. So, so far, so good. As far as the, <laughs> the rankings go, we'll yeah. see. Uh, but what do you make of the match, and 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 where what directions can they go here to make sure that uh, that the title match at Revolution is interesting? Yeah, I mean, two minds of it for sure. Like from the booking vacuum standpoint, it's like I don't love that they had the blow off death match and are paired together again a couple months later. But they are two of your hottest guys that are not champions right now in a pretty pretty depleted main event situation based on what you've decided who is a main event person who's not right um and you know you kind of use the jay white situation already and we know where he is again we'll, we'll talk about that later but yeah for what you have i think it's it's a good pivot in the moment to be like hey these guys are two of our top contenders for real so why shy away from that even though they've had their moment and to me the match itself i think you would agree based on previous conversations that something's probably going to happen in this to make it a triple threat is where I'm leaning. Um, I don't know if Joe, Joe didn't seem like a character to come out and like get him DQ'd. So I don't know what the machination of that is going to be and like who the third party would be that would cause that to happen. Or if it's like a double count out, I don't know. None of that is good to get there, but cause what's the, what's the rating? They've wrestled three times swerving page or is it twice? They've wrestled twice. Yeah. And it's, it's one and one. Two, two and oh. Oh, sort yeah. Sort of two and okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. Or or just have Swerve win, and that's like a, a good use of him, too. So, I mean, that's what I would do. And that would make more sense here in this way. And maybe it's a way to not do a double turn, but kind of do a double turn, you know, an AEW double turn, where, you know, if, if Swerve is 70% heel 
in pages, 70% face, and you kind of switch those capacities. You know, like for an example, I think we've talked a lot of WWE the last couple of days, but like what Drew McIntyre is doing right now, I think is literally the best character in WWE at the moment. Um, without question. For me personally, as a, as a viewer, right? Like, I don't yeah. know if you saw today, he posted a video on Instagram of him working out his, tearing up his triceps in a workout. Wait, wait, um, Drew In did? his home gym. Yeah, yeah. Oh He's like, all right, God. this is why you don't skip home day. That's a horrible Scottish impression. I apologize for that for all of you UK <laughs> listeners. But he, like, is drinking a prime. So him and Logan Paul, obviously, that's a fun little nod there. And he's like, gets on the the bar, you know, like the thing where you grab the handles and you're uh-huh. going like that. And he's like, ah, time to tear up the triceps. And then oh my he's God. like doing that and like doing the pump. And he's like staring at the camera. I was like, this guy, this that's is awesome. This guy's a menace in the best way possible. So, and like, that's how you use social media too. Like, by the way, like yeah. sidebar, like that's a good way to use social media on yeah. for a wrestler. Like, you're not. It, it, it's adding to the story, but if for some reason you never see it, you it's not going to impact you as, a, as mm-hmm. a viewer. Like it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jeff's kid. So, yeah. So I think Paige could be that version of like that badass guy who's who's making a point every step of the way, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I'm intrigued because I don't know what's going to happen. And so much in AW, you know exactly what's going to happen. You know. The issue with last night's episode of Dynamite, even though it was entertaining, was the standard, like, was there one match you didn't know the outcome of before the bell rang? Because I don't no, think there was no. one off the top of my head. So, you know, this, I don't know what's going to happen. Same thing with the tag titles next week. Like, that's awesome when we're going to get some stuff that I don't really know exactly the way they could they could go either way on both. And that's what makes television exciting. And yeah. Why I had some issues with the Royal Rumble in general, because it would pretty much paint my numbers. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I mean, I like the, I like this match a lot. I think it's. Mm-hmm. I was hoping that they would, that they would go through this step, to get to wherever they're going to go. Like, so even if that is a triple threat, I think it's way better, and more effective for like the, the just the overarching like, AW product. If you take this step, like even if you're going to have a triple threat, don't just make it a triple threat. Like, put the match on, promote a match get there from a story arc perspective, have a point in the story where they definitely have to have the triple threat. It's not just like, well, this guy says he wants a title shot and, and this guy says he wants a title shot. So let's both give him title shots. Like it's like, that's like bears quarterback syndrome. Well, we have this guy, but we also have this guy. It's like, well, then you really pretty much have nobody, you know, yeah. like same thing there. You don't have a contender. If you're really saying that, to yourself out loud like this is a this is a step to you know not only have a big match but i think to have some storyline development which i think is is needed um so i'm looking forward to this we can talk predictions on next week's shows but did you like um swerve and rvd because i i man i had <laughs> i just had my issues with it like i i'm on a like a small level it's like swerve and rvd like that's cool. Like that's a pretty cool match, but I think it's also it deprioritizes Swerve Strickland, and I think he is, or at least was, one of the hottest acts in the company. And it's like you got this guy out there now who's trying to fight for a reaction opposite like legend RVD that everybody's gonna love. They don't see him very often. He's a you know obvious babyface, and it's like that like short term. Um, fulfillment like derails 
swerves momentum like not not even in like a huge way but just in a little in a little way and i think you can say that looking back to from, from when he had his match at uh the death match right i just don't think that when you look collectively at what they did they put him in the continental classic he kind of was stunted there within the tournament itself but then didn't win then he kind of had a pointless match at at the world's end pay-per-view i forget even who that was against um, dustin Against Dustin, Keith Lee right? Was hurt, or yes, whatever. right. Because Keith Lee was hurt, so it was against Dustin, who's another like lovable babyface character. And now you got him on this run, and he rest, has to wrestle RVD. It's just like, are you going with this guy or are you not? And I don't know. Like, I don't think that he's like severely damaged, but he's just not as hot as he should have been at this point if he had proper booking and proper definition behind him. So I, I, I just want to, I want them to figure that out because, you know, I think you've saw this type of pattern with a, in AEW a lot where act gets really, really hot and you miss with them. Orange Cassidy is a recent kind of uh, victim of this coming out of the stuff with John Moxley at all out. He got here and then there was no follow-up. And it just kind of fizzled away. And now he's not that he's not a star, but he's just not what he could have been. And I, I don't want to see Swerve in that boat because he's just supremely talented. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Do you know? Do you remember who he wrestled? Um, so, someone similar. It was like a main event of Dynamite, maybe like four weeks ago. Swerve. It was like someone fairly random. And I think we had the similar complaint at that time. Maybe someone in the chat can remember. But it was. I think right after the tournament ended and hmm. maybe even before he said he wanted the title, but it was someone, I don't know. It was not like a commander, but it was like someone on that level of like jobber. And so I think one thing was swerve. In the oh, way it might've been Penta. It might've been Penta. Yeah. Right. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. I don't you know, know I had a feeling they were not... lower than that. Yeah. But anyway, it was like the same sort of match where, you know, RVD's not going to win and swerve as a character, I think is, this is kind of why I think he's, I mean, obviously, I think he's, his long term, he's a baby face, like that sort of badass baby face, because he's very giving in the ring. And we'll see, he's, he sells really well. And like in both those matches, he, you know, we've complained about a lot of people giving too much up to people that don't really deserve it from a booking standpoint. And they're just like such good natured people, probably, that they, they want to make everyone look good in the ring. And I yeah. think that's the same thing. They're like, RVD looked great last night, you know, and Swerve sold for him and gave him a lot of spots, but when won ultimately. So, you know, I think that works in a different capacity with Swerve. But I, I'm less worried than you are about if the decisions made, right? Mm-hmm. Like if Tony Khan wants to make him the guy beating Adam Page next week, relatively clean or in a heelish way, whatever, and then taking on Joe, like it's all there. Like if you want to make him the top guy, you can have him be the world champion after – you know, the revolution pay-per-view. And then I think he's still a hot act because that's a surprising win at the time. Like, do you think whoever takes on Joe is going to win? I certainly would not bet on that. If we're going to do an early prediction, just the way AW does the title. So that would be a surprising win if it's a singles match. And then we're right there and it's, and it's a hot act. And, and I would also think like, you know, where is Swerve? We're both big fans. If you want to compare it to WWE, like from a, a rise recently, right? Like from, not coming out of nowhere, but kind of coming out of nowhere. The only comp I can see recently is LA Knight, right? Mm-hmm. And I think Swerve's got way more upside than LA Knight from a if if I'm a wrestling company X out there, right? And I have to choose between the two. I'm picking Swerve 
way ahead of LA Knight if I'm starting a company today. Age, in-ring yeah. ability, charisma, it's all there, right? So, but, you know, the WWE do the same thing that you just levied against, obviously, AEW's not a lot, I'm not arguing that, but, like, did WWE get the most out of LA Knight? Or did they kind of have him, and now he's plateauing at a certain point? You know, well, I, I, I mean, so I think I think that's the most out of him personally, but that's like where is Swerve and like what do you want out of him at this point, right? Do, is he a guy who is going to be your world champion or is he not? Because if he's not, I think this path to kind of level him down for a second is as good as AEW can do with the way they book, honestly. Unless you're going to keep him and make him world champion, you, we've seen a lot of other top guys who have been put in some absolute dog poo. And Swerve has not gotten that yet. So I think Swerve is still oddly one of the most protected guys in the company. Yeah. Yeah. I, protecting is – yeah, that's not exactly what I mean as far as, like, he's protected. I know. He gets the wins. I Like, for L.A. Knight, the big difference that I see is L.A. Knight, ow, today, after, like, it's it felt to me like WWE said, okay, you know, L.A. Knight's got the momentum here. Like, let's go. We're going to – we're going to – we're, we're going to – we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go with him. Like we're gonna like go with him. He's gonna get a, a run at the top. And the booking then positioned him against heels, like directly, so that they so that they could keep that momentum going. It was the bloodline, and then it was Roman Reigns, and now it's still it's still Roman Reigns. And I my guess is it'll be Logan Paul after that. So it's like whereas Swerve, it's like, well. Yes, he's not going to be in the title picture, but it's just a little, I don't know, I guess it's just murky to me. It's just like the audience wants, like, I feel like the audience wants to cheer this guy and get behind him, but they don't fully have permission to when he's opposite somebody like Rob Van Dam because, and while somebody like Brian Cage is still running out to like, to like help him. So it's just like, they're there. I'd like to see him just definitively decide championship or not. Swerve, you're gonna be a babyface. Don't change anything about what you do. Just you're gonna work heels now, and that's mm-hmm. you know that's that's kind of what I'm looking for. And maybe that yeah. maybe I'm maybe I'm nitpick. Maybe I'm being no, too nitpicky. I, I don't know. No, I mean I would say so. Here's me as a fan, I guess, a watcher of AEW more than anything, right? Like, I think it's it's mortal sin as a company up to this point has been it's lack of definition of baby faces and heels. I think it's like the worst booking decision yeah. as a through line for AEW. And that is an issue you're raising here. I guess my only point is like, how many times have, has someone heated up in the way you're describing with um, Swerve? And then we haven't seen them on TV, right? He's still been in the main event of yeah, Dynamite yeah, true, and been on every true. episode of TV. So it might be like a low bar, but I'm looking at this as someone who watches love. AW and has seen a lot of Cassidy's hooks. I mean, you name it, right? There's yeah. there's somebody out there that had a three week hot run, and then you don't see them for FTR. Two, Remember FTR? They yeah. were hot as hell. I mean, I was at the show. Not that Danhausen should be like a world champion or anything. <laughs> I was at the show where he debuted in the middle of a pretty big match. Also, like which was Cody's last match in AW. I'll mind you, was on the same show. His mm-hmm. match with uh, that's yeah, a fun fact. Was, it was in Cleveland, right? If someone can double check me. It was a, uh, it was a uh, bash at the beach, and it was the big joke because it was like January in Cleveland. 
because there's a beach <laughs> where the lake is, right? Just like Chicago's got a beach technically, right? But technically, well, a little rough to go to right now. Not in January, but, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like that got the biggest pop of the night, I would say, as opposed to, you know, we didn't know it was Cody's last match, but. And then that guy, not again, not saying he should be there, but like to utilize him in a way uh, like our truth would be the right way to use him, I would think. And to then like not use that guy for weeks on end is like a, just one of the many examples of people who have had some momentum. And then it's like, okay, cool, we're not seeing you ever again. You know, that's changed recently in AEW, and I think why it's helped a lot. Like Deanna Perrazzo has been on TV the last couple of weeks consistently, and she's a star that you know you're going to see, etc. So she's not. Britt Baker at some point when she was getting hot and then you don't see her and then she kind of appears and then she's got a title match. Right. So I think there's still major things to work out within AEW, but I've been heartened to see, Hey, this guy has been on TV week in and week out. So therefore in my mind, he's a top guy. Like that was not guaranteed with anybody besides yeah, John Moxley and Chris Jericho in the last three years. Right. I mean, is there anyone else that's been consistently on TV besides those two? They, no, they, they no, might've no, been top no. guys. So. Mm-mm, no way like so I mean, so I, I i think you're right and i'm just telling you like my perspective of why i see, see some positive signs of ch- change within the company no it's a good point it's a fair point yeah and i think it is level of like bar it's like because on that low on that level yeah definitely i mean that's a positive when you look at it with that perspective because somebody like orange cassidy man he was hot and then like he just started peering on rampage yeah like that's that's just criminal at the time given the momentum that he had and you know rampage is rampage and nobody cares about that show and and there he is like trying to anchor it and hold it down i mean and i guess if you're him in your perspective as well you know somebody has to be responsible for carrying this and so i guess it's me yay but like but really that's not being on tv and so i think you're right to uh to call that out i i just yeah i just hope for source sake that like there's a decision made on like one way or the other, be a heel and be a very popular, you know, be a very top tier heel or be babyface and let the audience cheer you. And so I hope they continue. I hope they continue. I hope they go deeper and hope they continue to like raise the bar on how they present these guys. I think that'll help. Um, that'll help long term. Uh, Sean's in the, in the uh, super chats. Thank you, Sean. Saying Swerve better win next week. The match with RVD went way too long. Um, Man, I don't – I'm not confident that Swerve's going to win next week. I really – I'm really not. I I think we're headed towards a triple threat. Um, I would give – you know, I would I would pat Tony Khan on the back and go, ballsy move, you know, if you just put Paige over, you know, mm-hmm. because I think that's the better match for Revolution at this time on that yeah. show. Page versus Joe makes more sense because I think when Not Swerve goes after that title, you want he, he you want him to win it. You want him to be able to you want to be able to book him to win that belt. And like you said earlier, Tyler, that's not doesn't seem like that. That's where they're at with this right now to take the mm-hmm. belt off Joe. Plus, you have something that's not the main event of of Revolution. The main event is going to mm-hmm. be Sting, and so you kind of know here that like, eh, you know, nobody's taking the title. So if that's the case. I think you want Swerve to be away from this until mm-hmm. he can win the title. And so I, I think we're, I think we got triple threat here, Sean, but uh, um, I kind of hope it's Paige actually, man, because I just, I think you save Swerve for when 
that truly is the biggest thing in the show, and it's just not going to be this time. What do you think, Tyler? Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I would love, you know, if I can fantasy book for AEW's top level for a moment. Like, Always. A longer story here of, you know, let's say Paige beats him clean in this spot, and then there's some issue where maybe, you know, Cage, directed by Nana, comes in and beats down Paige right after they, you know, they're both at, you know, Swerves at zero percent and and pages at one percent, right? They're they're really close. It's like old Triple H Shawn Michaels like match where, you know, <laughs> Page just flops over and barely pins him that way because they're both done. Yeah, and um, and then something happens where you know in that moment you can kind of see the respect gained by Swerve because they've gone to battle together, and maybe he gets up and pushes Cage off him like, hey man, chill, chill, chill. And then like throughout then on the road to double or nothing. You see the change, and maybe he disowns himself from those guys, and maybe you know is nice to Paige after he loses to Joe, and you get like the slow movement of the slow transition to this guy's a babyface, and then you can go on that run you're talking about, right? Because if you do that, you could tell all that story like the old AW and what I think maybe the current AW method would be to do all of that next week, and then put Swerve in that match with Joe at Revolution, and it's so much better to tell that story slowly with Swerve because it's an important character that I think yep. it's worth him losing and then Joe winning and that run feeling like something that is noteworthy in a career run for Joe and then a huge moment for Swerve. But it just depends what is on the horizon, right? What are you doing with Osprey if you get Okada? If Kenny's back, you know, if Cole is back as a heel, you know, what do you want to do with that spot? I think. Swerve is the guy that MJF, yeah. I mean, that's a more ways away, but there's a lot of things there. And it's like to me, still Swerve is the number one guy to give that to instead of a quote new guy in the ecosystem and give him a run and he can work a lot of heels in a lot of ways and be the guy that you thought Paige was gonna be long term for the company of mm-hmm. who is Seth Rollins essentially. I think Swerve Strickland can be where he might not ever be respected as the top guy in, in the company, but for like the real fans, that's like an all around hitter. You know, he's kind of the Ken Griffey Jr. to do a <laughs> 90s baseball reference. And that's kind of how I view Seth Rollins too. Is like pretty good promo and he's like excellent at everything else. And yeah. Swerve is a better promo, but can can have some some hiccups too. So sorry I'm no. tangenting there. But that that's what I would love to see. And that would be like super positive from a Tony Khan booking this as a character, like characters instead of like this person will win here, then this person will win here, which is how he's booked in the past at that, that top level, as opposed to what's right for the character and what is a good trajectory for, you know, you got to sometimes think what's good for the documentary in 20 years about this run of this character, I think. And there's not enough of that in AEW. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. So I think Sean, like, yeah, gosh, man, I just almost think you don't want sort of to win. I think there's more on the table for him if he doesn't win, uh, win this. As far as RVD, yeah, I'm with you. Like, I mean, as I said, like that match was what it was. And it was a cute little match. Uh, I didn't love it just because I'm like, man, you're really making you're really making fi- uh, fans choose here between two people they really like. I don't – I genuinely generally don't like that in, uh, in my wrestling. Um, also next week – okay, go ahead. Do you know where they are next week? I'm sorry to put you on the spot. I don't. I can Phoenix. look it up. Phoenix? Okay. So as neutral a town as there could be for both the guys, I would think. Yes. So. Yes. So that's good. 
Yeah. So yeah, it should be good. It should be a good match. I'm looking forward to it. Um, if I if we see a draw, I don't think that'd be a big surprise. Um, so yeah, that's a good call. Definitely. Do you think it's the first match or the match that goes between the first and second hour? Definitely not the main the, event. That that's gonna be the tag match, right? I think it's the first match. I think it'll yeah. be the first match. Yeah, I think it'll be the first match, and then again, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes goes the thirty minutes. Um, yeah. To get to that, you know, to get to that. Uh, because like you said, there's not anybody that can really interfere here that makes sense. Unless like mm-hmm. Nana, like you mentioned, like turns on him or something like that. Mm-hmm. But even then, you know, then then next week you want to see, or then at the paper, you want to see like swerve destroy somebody from that that group. So um yeah, I keep look out for that uh that 30 minute time limit draw. Um we have a big announcement next week. It's gonna be another Tony Khan big announcement. Definitively, that's what it's called. It's not an important announcement. It's not a we're gonna hear from Tony Khan. It is mm-hmm. Cody Khan has a big announcement. Uh, Zach in your saying, Hey, Okada has to be the big announcement, right? And then Zach later on dropping some news on us, Fightful announcing today. And I've got the news report up here that Mercedes Monet is expected to start in AEW most likely after Revolution and might be part of TK's announcement. Would you like that crow now, Zach? LOL. <laughs> <laughs> Zach, thank you for supporting the show. And Sean, thanks so much for your uh, chat as well. You've got another one in there that's uh, going to be very interesting to discuss. So <coughs> looking forward to that and appreciate you guys both. Um, I, I, I mean, it, it has to be one of those two things. Like, I don't, I mean, I, I don't know what else it could be to like merit a Tony Khan big announcement. Um, usually like the show stuff is like an important announcement or like something like that. And I don't mean to read into this nonsense wording of these announcements because it is also silly, but usually this big announcement is more like talent based or somebody returning. So I think it very much has to be uh, Okada or Mercedes. Um, I'll believe it when I see it, Zach. So I don't want the crow yet. Um, have it, you know, around revolution from what it sounds like. Uh, I don't know about the, the report. Like I'm reading the words and SRS is, is, a, is a good reporter and he reports the news, but there's a lot of like mites and is expected to maybe start in AEW after revolution. So I don't know. I don't know that you can take anything that, but I think for the, the fact that you didn't see uh, Mercedes show up in the Royal Rumble, you know, confirm some reporting that she's going to be in AEW. So it certainly doesn't surprise me. And I think it's the right call. I think the right move is to, uh, if she's going to be on that revolution show or she's going to appear on that show, man, hype the hell out of it. I mean, you, you, that has to be something that you push big time, like in a major, major way. Um, and so, you know, if there's ever a time for an announcement by Tony Khan, like that's it. And I think that's worthy. What about you, Tyler? Yeah. And the reporting, could also be a you know a leverage ploy by Mercedes sure. and her team. By Mercedes, so, right? Yeah, yeah. So you know, to always keep that in mind too. But um, yeah, I mean, I think the the dark horse candidate for an option might be some TV announcement. Now that WWE is all settled, maybe there's some like mm-hmm. or some something with streaming. Like maybe you can go back on Max and view the tape library of ROH or something like that. Right? That doesn't seem like that seems like a tier below yeah. um, in your in your hierarchy. And we're both old enough. Post 9-11, you remember the terror rating every day? There was like it was color coded, I think. Oh yes, like red, yes, red, yes. Red, orange, yellow, 
green and blue maybe but yes. it was like that was like one through five it was always like a four no matter what for like <laughs> be scared at all at all times and i wonder why our whole generation has anxiety you know, <laughs> one of those things but um that's what that's what you're lightly reminding me of it's like the tony khan scale of importance and this is like a four out of five i would say or would you yes. say it's a five out of five i would say the, the four to, <laughs> tony khan will appear live uh you know it's probably like will appear yeah, live tony to khan, make a major announcement yeah if tony khan opens the show in the middle of the ring yeah that's him I, I just spent a ton of money on roh be excited it's probably the Let's biggest announcement he's probably ever made in his mind right so that would be the five out of five. Yeah, so yes, yes. Anyway, yeah, I think Okada, I think Mercedes, um, or the you can watch all in twenty eighteen on Max. Like one of those things are the are what we're gonna hear. Um, so or or maybe you know whatever because we know Osprey's coming. So yeah, it's gotta be one of those things, or else it's I can't I could not imagine what would be beyond one of those things. Yeah, I, and I hope it's not the the TV thing. I just like you know yeah. send a press release about that. Like that's it's not the time uh, for that. But but a Mercedes announcement would be the time for that. So I hope I hope they use it for that for that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I mean, I am my fingers are I don't know about you, man, but my I'm, my fingers are crossed that Okada heads to WWE. I think that that is a much more uh, enticing you know, a turn of events than him in AEW. I mean, I, I just think that he's all, he's worked a lot of the big stars in AEW already. Like, you know, I, it's a little fresh because it's a new company. It's in the States. It's AEW. It's not anything that I'm going to turn the TV off of. Certainly. But Okada and Roman Reigns, Okada and Randy Orton, Okada and Cody Rhodes, Okada and AJ Styles. Okada, like, I don't know. To me, that will be more fun to watch, even if it crashes and burns like Shinsuke Nakamura, a la 2018. You know, but it's also a different regime, you know. And I think Triple H at the at the head of it respects probably his legacy more than Vince McMahon would, and as Vince McMahon probably didn't even see any of it. So that's just my my quick hot take on that. But where are you on Okada? Yeah, I'm more hoping AEW. Um, I don't know if it's the contrarian in me that's like now that the the opinion has swapped on both companies <laughs> that I'm now more of like a hey, let's go AW let's let's get back up there so we can then switch on you again you know from me my perspective but you have to look at like I still hold by my Jay White should have gone to WWE I think that is pretty well defined at this point that that and we're going to get to that in about five um, minutes. yeah I know so I keep teasing it but you know Osprey I think same thing. And obviously the schedule, I think, was the big difference there and him being comfortable with people in the company. But what AEW wants the most out of stars and what WWE wants most out of stars is a big difference, right? In-ring versus character work, promos, you know, all that stuff. And they have shown that with Shinsuke recently that they're open to doing that. But that's all video promos, right? Like Shinsuke is not doing much from a talking standpoint, from a character standpoint. That's no, not physical right. in front of the audience. And, you know, let's be honest. Like, if you have two places that you're going to work at what you do, Zach, and one is, I don't know, let's say, I don't know, it's hard to compare. Well, you know, it's a wrestler, right? Like, it's only human nature that if you're Okada, you know you can give a lot of three-and-a-half-star matches, and those are going to be some of the best matches the WWE sees. You don't have to have these crazy epic 
incredible matches. And in AEW, whether you get those like five star classics, you know, I think you're going to be delivering need to deliver more of those four and a half star matches there. Mm-hmm. And that's just like the, you know, the, the gravity of the pull, the, the physical gravitational pull of both places lead you to one or the other, right? Like the, the matches you just laid out there personally, let's look at, let's be honest with ourselves. Like those matches are not going to be like super good. Randy Orton and Okada. Like there might be, you some know, insult. I love Randy Orton matches. I so. know, but like from a, from a, you know, let's, I mean, maybe we differ on this, but like a WWE match is like, you can, they're all formatted in a very similar way for those big time yeah. matches. Right. Like in a big time pay-per-view. Okay. We've both have kicked out of near falls. Now the match is officially started. We can end it anytime. Right. <laughs> like that's just like a method. Right. And if you have a mm-hmm. big match, you just go to 20 minutes. Like you can really tune out the first 15 minutes and it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah, and I think Okada is going to be really good at like mastering those matches, and I just think you like not going to get the most out of him physically in WWE. And I'm worried about what they're going to get out of him as a character in front of the live audience. Um, so I think AEW. That's a that's a fair more- worry. That's like a totally fair worry, like because yeah, you just don't know, and they don't. And look, they have a horrible track record of that. Awful uh, on the main roster. I mean, even like somebody like. Um, Asuka, who I'd say has had a pretty like strong run on the main roster up, up there. I mean, she's been at top matches of WrestleMania. She's been champion. She's been tech. I mean, she's done a lot. Like, I still don't think they've gotten the most out of her. And that's like the best example. Whereas in Shinsuke, I mean, boy, fat, like rewind a year ago, that guy was non-existent, like just mm-hmm. not anything. So they certainly, they absolutely don't have the the track record. I guess, I guess my point, my main point is that like, and this just it's it's like a fundamental like, you know how I want wrestlers to be. I think Okada can be a bigger star in WWE than he can mm-hmm. in AEW, and that just 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 the reality of it. I think he can have better matches in AEW though, for sure, no question. Um, so it it. And I guess, though, too, like where I'm a little bit hold up on the AEW side is mm-hmm. can the mat like can the matches he had he has in AEW against similar opponents that he's already wrestled like Osprey is that gonna be better than like the matches we've already seen him have against Will Osprey? Like, I don't know, man. I mean, that, those matches that he had with Will Osprey are epic, the cream of the crop, best of the best matches that we've seen, you know, in wrestling history some of the best work period same thing the stuff against kenny omega like if he wrestles kenny omega again like you know you're not you're not topping those other matches you know and so like they come with like these inherent expectations that i just don't that even two guys in their prime like you know i don't think you can rewind back to omega and uh and uh and okada at dominion for that two out of three falls match at that time and they could do it better than that that was just like mm-hmm. a magical, perfect, artistic match. Um, so I just don't know that like I want to see that stuff again because of how great it already was. You know, I don't know. And maybe that's just me personally. Yeah. Um, I mean, th- but, that's probably the at least for me, the greatest match of all time in wrestling. So yeah, I mean, I take your point yeah. there. I don't think they're gonna recreate that moment. But um also you got, you know, check our priv a little bit here. 
as hardcore wrestling fans, right? So for like, well, yeah, that's true. Of, yeah, that's of like fair point. Yeah. Of you know, obviously we've had the whole thing, and you know where I'm going here. Like people in WWE don't know Okada, but like if there's 800,000 people watching Dynamite, how many of those people have seen? A, watch those matches live, which is different than watching them because you heard about watching them, right? Yes. And followed the trajectory of the first match at Wrestle Kingdom to the Dominion show to the G1 30-minute match that was a draw, I think, between the two of them. And then which the final, one? Kenny, Kenny, the G1 match they had because they had four matches in that run. They fought the yes. G1. The G1, I draw. think, it was a draw. Or Okada yeah. won it. I don't Yeah, remember. one of the two because I think it maybe it was like – it was tied with a draw before they went to the fourth match, essentially. But yeah, um, you know, very few people, I would say, maybe fifty thousand of the people that watch Dynamite were on that trajectory. Maybe one hundred fifty, maybe two hundred thousand have seen those matches for real in their entirety, entirety, as opposed to just hearing about them and seeing clips, right? So I think you can get there and, and get a lot out of that. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, what do you? I think he's going to work either place is, is also the moral of the story. I think he's good. I think he's a good enough wrestler, good enough personality. I think Triple H, assuming he's still in control in like a year, uh, is someone <laughs> yeah, that no understands that and can utilize that. Obviously, Vince is in control. We're all saying AEW, right? Because oh, yeah. he's going to be the, the rainmaker and come out in a Paddington Bear outfit, right? Because Vince <laughs> oh, I think it's God. hilarious. And <laughs> so – you know <laughs> that's the worst uh, booking i could think of off the top of my head so that's where i went but yeah um, well there's there's look there's not there's, yeah like yeah. i just think to polka dots man you know yeah yeah oh yeah polka dots. so you know vince didn't make that guy so he definitely would treat him differently so i think he'll work either place i just think that there's like you know there's some natural human tendencies to be like this place is gonna expect a little less of me physically than this place is going to be so therefore, it's kind of easier week in and week out. So you're going to give that effort because you've got that. You know, that's with anybody, not just Okada, right? Same yeah. thing with Jay White. I think Jay White would be expected to do a little less than he's expecting to do in AEW. Same with Will Ospreay. But you know that they would utilize them as characters effectively. So, right, I, yeah, and I think that's why you see these guys leaving New Japan. Frankly, I mean, because you just can't keep up with that physicality forever. Like you have to yeah. have to tone it down a little bit. Um, I hope Okada just gets the bag, man. I really do. I, I, you know, obviously, I hope you know he picks whatever he wants, and he's gonna have good offers either way. But man, I, I hope he just gets that, gets that bag. And not that he doesn't have a lot of money already, and he does. But um, yeah, it, it, it'll be fun to see where yeah. where he lands. I'd I'd love him to do like a one year contract wherever he goes, and then like pop into the other place. Yeah, a as a test to see like who uses him better, but also like to me, he's in the states, he's much more valuable as a special attraction than as your like top champion. Um, AW, he can obviously be the champion, and that can work. But um, yeah, I'm not even as comfortable with that either. It just yeah. like having faith that they're going to do that effectively, and like, does he get a mouthpiece? Like, who would that be, etc. So, I just have if Kenny's idea. injured, I'd love Kenny as the mouthpiece for Okada. I think oh, that'd be, that'd be hilarious! Yeah, that'd be that'd be because he speaks be really... Japanese and like they wrestled together, wars together. If they're babyface with their heels, like I think that'd be super fun and gets Kenny on TV if he's able to do it. So I want to see Gunther versus Okada. Also, I think that'd be a hell of a 
hell of a match. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Zach jumps in here on this topic. The Super Chat. Thank you, Zach. Okada and Rain sounds good on paper, but then the bell has to ring. WWE crowd doesn't know who Okada is either. Yeah, I mean, they don't. Um, not a lot of the AEW audience does either. Uh, more than the WWE audience because he's been on TV. Um, so both companies have to do a really good job with an introduction there, especially WWE. Um, and yeah, I mean, with Vince McMahon at the helm, I'm like tossing all of this completely out the window. <laughs> and it's really... Triple H's first big major shot to do it and to do it right. And we'll see. And Okada and Reigns, man, I don't know. I think that could be a heck of a match. I know, you know, Reigns has a, it's not going to be Kenny Omega against, um, you know, it won't be Omega Okada, but both those guys are, are so good. And Okada is so freaking good. Like that's, I think that's going to be better than, better than you give it credit for. Um, at least at this point. Tyler, anything on that? No, I don't think so. I'd like to see, you know, what would that match be, I guess? You know, is a bloodline interference? I'm very curious to see, like, the, f- <laughs> the first the first post that angle of match for Roman to see, like, the difference, whether he's babyface or heel on his own sort of thing. Um, I'm interested to see, will that get, like, a huge pop? I mean, I do think him leaving, coming back as a huge babyface and having – a tweak on what he used to do and like coming back and hitting that, you know, just coming back from the brink of defeat and winning um, with a new move. That's not the Superman punch. I think would be key in that as well. Yeah, but yeah. Um, I think it's very, I'm super interested to see what that's like in a year and a half or two years, whatever that's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Same here. Um, yeah. All right. There's a couple things I didn't like about dynamite last night. And there are things I really didn't like. One of them, and we'll go to Tracy here. Tracy, thank you for your uh, contribution to the show. Appreciate it. Um, Tracy says, Undisputed Kingdom did not get any better this week. Wardlow is a dud. What can they do to fix this? Or do we hope they do what we usually don't like and just let the story disappear? It's a great question, Tracy, because it was I, I, I had this exact thought when – Wardlow was having his match and they were walking out to the ring and Adam Cole was like barely getting down to the ring in a, in a, in a wheelchair. And you got the two jobbers on the side. It's like, this thing is dead. It is toast. There's nothing to it. It is. It's just completely sputtering. It's like a car that just, you try to start it and just doesn't, it just doesn't go. I, it did not get better this week. I think not just Wardlow's a dud, but man, my opinion on this is it's the whole thing is a dud. And I don't know, Tracy, that it is fixable. I, I really don't. I, I don't know that uh, like you don't want to see it just disappear because they put so much time into it. Like I get that argument, but I think the best thing may be for it to disappear. I, I really do. Like I don't know how you come back, how you come back from this at, at, at this point in time, because I just don't think anybody will buy it. You know, if, if Adam Cole comes back and beats Samoa Joe, I don't know, is that I don't I don't even it's just not in the cards anymore for that to happen. Like just given where where he is and where this faction is. And so I think like to fix it, the only chance they got is to hot shot something like that and just kind of like revive it in the most powerful way possible, which is whoops, we want this to be the top faction. So now it's getting the top belt. Boom, done. And you just and you and you see where you get with it. 
But I wouldn't do that, though, because it is so dead. It is so dead on arrival already that I think you really waste Joe. I don't think it really would help Cole at this point. And it hurts a lot of other things that are down the line, like Swerve challenging for the title, MJF challenging for the title, Will Ospreay maybe challenging for that title. Like, I think Cole as champion, like, hurts all of that. And so, man, I don't I don't know about you, Tyler, but I, I think I am just, you know, ejecting this from the, the driver's seat and going, hey, see you later. Like, we're going to keep Cole off TV until the, until the time, until he can come back. And we'll figure out how to write it based on what's happening around him at that at that time with the company and where the title is and where we want to go for for Wembley. Like you factor all that in, but you know you kind of use the Adam Cole injury to get you out of this. Um, I think it's that dead. What about you? Uh, I mean, you know my take on this whole thing: how to fix it. <laughs> you know, I will say it again. Yeah, I know. I knew you were going to say this. Yeah, I mean, that's the only way to – it's either drop it completely or do my idea. Well, but who do you pick, though? Like, who can – who could fix – like, who could be in the Wardlow role? Go, go. Oh, I got this. This is easy. All right, go, go. What other heel group is absolutely sputtering at the moment in AEW? Um, Because their foil, as their babyface foil, is out, which kind of derails from what they're doing. Wait, I I don't even know who you're alluding to. BCC? The, no, the Don Callis family. Ah, like yes. Kenny, okay. Without Kenny as their foil, they don't yeah. really have any direction. So mm-hmm. if there's a way, I think Takeshita and Hobbs and Fletcher are all way better guys. They're all actual mid card guys. That if you're Cole and you somehow do the you use you screw over Callis which is cool, but then you screw over your guys. Like, they might be too cool for school. That might be the only problem. But, like, yeah. let's say they're all somehow interacting together and Cold, like, does the the, the finger snap into Kesha and Hobbs and Fletcher beat up Callis and Wardlow. And, I mean, the crowd will go insane. That would be a huge pop. And yeah. they all follow him. They all walk out together. Now you got a real faction. That's when Cole is healthy. They start running roughshod on people across the the, 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 the company. They beat up your other complaint that we're about to get to. They beat them up. All that sort of stuff, right? Like, there might be cool heels that you can decide what to do with. But, like, I think that is, like, the only solution unless you totally drop it completely. And when did Cole get hurt? September? Early September? Late September. Uh, he got hurt at the – or, uh, or late – yeah, late September. Because it was the it was at the, um, the Arthur Ashe show. Yeah. So that's four months ago? October, yeah. November, December, January. Yeah, four months. Yeah. It was it was like an ankle ligament, right? Ankle, yeah. Ankle and foot. I mean, he's got to be about done, right? Like, ready to go, right? I mean, it was bad. Like, I think the injury was, like, pretty bad. I, but Yeah, I mean, but he's like, yeah. Cole's Cole. Cole's like, what, 33 or something? He's like my age? Something like that, yeah. Like, you know, there's, I mean, not that he's an NBA player, but, like, that happens a lot in a lot of sports, and you don't, like, you're not out a whole season, you know? Like it happens midseason and you're out for two months, three months. So I don't know what the exact – so I'm not playing doctor here. I'm just assuming he's got to be back soonish, right? If it's going to be two more months, then yes, you cut the cord on this thing and you reintroduce Cole later. And maybe you wait till MJF is back and you just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, but if he's here relatively healthy, relatively soon, you know, whatever. He can convince Fletcher to screw over Osprey when he comes in. 
and you're like, who who told you to do this? And there then you can yeah. have Takeshita screw over Callus because that's been like his, and then War, and then Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, Hobbs is Wardlow, right? From a big guy, big guy. He's the meat of the group. And then Takeshita is your top lieutenant. Fletcher's just below him. And maybe you had one more person. I don't know who that's going to be, but like, it's an easy fix and it makes Cole look like a heartless bastard. And you can kind of get that um, Dark Order sadness, like comedy group out of the kingdom in Wardlow, you know, whatever. Get him off payroll, but that's just my personal opinion. <laughs> and I think even WWE couldn't make him a star. That guy is uh, not anymore. Yeah, me and Tracy are locked in agreement there that like him flexing is like last night looking at himself was uh, some, uh, I, so, you know, some rough, some rough go away heat for me. So. I, Thank you, Tracy, for the for the for the chat and the question. It's good stuff. I I am just so surprised that 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 like you can't that they can't figure out how to introduce this faction. Like like even if it's like the worst faction in the world, which is what this is, if you want them to like be something, like you gotta like make them something and instead they just saunter out there and they talk this and roddy says a name really loud and that's it like there's no anything behind them they don't attack anybody they don't try to fight anybody they don't try to bully anybody they're not in any backstage vignettes they're not cutting uh they're not cutting promos like talking up the the characters in their faction it's just there's not even an it's not even like oh they're out there and this is bad it's they're not even out there. They're not even doing like top guy faction stuff that we could even comment on and say, oh, that sucked because it just doesn't even happen. It's just there's not even an attempt here to it's like it's either like the most arrogant booking ever where you just think, well, we did this story for three months and that's enough. Or like Tony Khan doesn't trust it anymore. Like I, I'm not and I'm not sure which one it is yet, but either way, it is. uh yeah, it's not good. And, um, you know, Adam Cole was really hurt by this. Like, really, really hurt by this. It really yeah. – if you're him right now, you're going, oh, man, when's that contract up again? Because uh, – It'd be like, when can he manage Bobby Lashley? Yeah, can I be in the Rumble next year? Was, it, was that the original plan, right? Was it Lashley? Yeah, I think it was. Something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. he was going to be the Leo Rush, essentially, right? The Leo so, Rush. Yeah. Before. Yeah. Um, on that note, uh, Sean says, Fletcher should have beaten Jericho. Takeshita better beat him. The Don Callis family is going nowhere. Where is Hobbs going? Nowhere. Yeah, I mean, like, and you called it, Tyler, like very similar, um, you know, very similar st story here with the Don Callis family and and Undisputed Kingdom. Like, not as bad because I think you've had at least a little bit of success there, but it's too off and on. I mean, I couldn't believe that they're still feuding with Jericho because – Jericho and Omega like worked like an entirely different team like at the last at the, the last pay-per-view. It's like they're on again, they're off again, they're on again, they're off again as far as this feud goes. And um yeah, Takeshita has to win. I, I think you can get away with Fletcher doing the job there. That seems to be like the Fletcher role of the group to like be the guy that gets beat by the babyface along the way to get to the the stronger guys and Takeshita and uh and Hobbs, but collectively. The Callus family is just as lost as Undisputed Kingdom. I just think it has way better talent in it. And so it's kind of inherently better and stronger because of that. Yeah. 
And, um, you know, I think like a Takeshi is one of those guys that you could heat up pretty quickly in the right match and capacity and giving him something yeah, to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, Fletcher, I don't know. You know, I, I'm, I mean, at least it's not who's the other guy in that group. Um, well, it was Sammy, his, but not anymore. Oh, no, no. I've been in his uh, New Japan group. This other oh, Australian um, guy. Yeah. yeah well, that doesn't matter. But I'm glad that guy is. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, I mean, no fence, but you do not like that guy. No, he's like I don't know, just <laughs> that archetype in wrestling. Davis, thank you, Sean. Yes, um, Mark Davis. Mark Davis, right? Yep. The, the owner of the Raiders. The owner of the Raiders, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so um, yeah, I mean, I, I said my piece on this. I think you one like look at it like two corporations, right? Maybe one one's really unhealthy, and the other one is on the track to be pretty unhealthy the other one is like a legacy like an ibm let's say and they're like they need to really infuse themselves with like some hot new technology company so they buy it at the right time and that like helps ibm continue on as a major company against apple and microsoft that's what this like needs to be you do like a hostile takeover and combine forces fuse into a better version of all of it and have your top guy whoever that may be of everyone we talked about in both groups i think it's still cole is the top guy Takeshita is a close second in my mind, long term, of that. So, who you want to make sure Cole and Takeshita, and then after that, it's still probably Hobbs and Fletcher in order before he gets anyone else in Undisputed Kingdom that I care about protecting long term and making their character worthwhile on the television. Yep, right there with you, man. All right. Um, okay, the other thing I really disliked on this show. And I don't even know how much time I want to spend on this because it was just so awful. But the <laughs> acclaimed Bullet Club Gold stuff, man. I mean, talk me off the ledge. Uh, and thank you, Sean, for uh, for your contribution. Talk me off the ledge, man. But like, I like what? What? First of all, what was it? Because they just walked to the ring and then just <laughs> did the thing, and then that's it. Like, so there was no even really context for them to even be out there, other than like, hey. We need you to go act like friends out there because we're going to do a turn in a couple weeks. And so we need you to be friends <laughs> for, for us to do that turn. So that is the first thing that's wrong with it is that like, RVD said you can only go 14 minutes, not 18. Can you go kill two minutes out there? Yeah, go to, that, that's what it felt like to me. Seriously. But, yeah. Uh, no yeah. question. Absolutely. It was like that one time, like, like the Raw after WrestleMania this year, where Seth Rollins made his entrance to the ring and then yeah. did nothing. They came back from commercial and he was gone. This was like <laughs> yeah. not as bad as that, but like close, close. Yeah. The other thing is, that I think it's just so like inauthentic. Like I, I don't think that there's any chemistry between the two groups. I think mm-hmm. Jay White looks like he doesn't know what to do out there. Like I think he looks really uncomfortable in the in the role. Um, it's obvious, like what they have going and what they're trying to set up which is a turn you know bullet club gold the turn on these guys so that you can have a a, a trios unification match or something to that end mm-hmm. and i just and then and then you have like fathers and sons interacting after the sons like viciously like destroyed their dad not all that long ago with no real explanation or follow-up um so the wires were crossed everywhere i thought no context. I thought it was poorly acted. I thought there was no chemistry. I think it's a huge miss. And like, and 
it's a really good example of AEW being too cute with how they book. Like, mm-hmm. Bullet Club Globe was already heels. So just put them in a feud with the acclaimed who are already babyfaces. If that's what you want to do, decide that's where we're going. We want this to be for, at the pay-per-view. And so just get there. But you don't need to, like, feign a friendship between two groups that are totally different only to, like, break them up. And, ha- like, it just it's way too complicated. It's pro wrestling. Put the good guy team against the bad guy team and go. I thought it was a mess. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's a mess. And it's more of the Jay okay, White of it all. You. Thank like, you. We're talking, yeah, we're talking top guys, right, or guys that should be top guys. And this is, yeah. like, it's pretty – it's, like, Adam Cole level of detrimental to – like that character and yes. like you do a lot of yes. work to build him back up after something like this. The only reason to do something like this and it's still a bad idea. So let me preface it that way is we're trying to swerve everybody and you have the acclaim turn on bullet club gold and trying to do a double turn, which wouldn't make any sense, but it'd be like, Oh, they were friends. And then they turned on them and it'd be like, okay, really? We're going to boo caster and Bowens and you know, Billy Gunn. Like, I don't think so. I don't so in so. like, well, what would that accomplish? Why would bullet club gold be cheered? Um, so it's dumb. It's just like, if you're gonna do it, do it like it's dumb. the dumb like I'm like sorry, make that make me up. yeah. I mean, it's it's dumb, but like <laughs> just do it the WWE way. If you're gonna do a dumb story like this, where you have like the heels winking at the camera, and like the heels, they're the babyface right. don't watch don't watch the product, and they're like, oh, we're gonna stab you right in the back, you know? Yeah, like right. literally make it, and then be like, okay, that's kind of funny that they're like this is like a low grade kind of comedy, kind of serious feud. And they are totally confusing the jolly dumb guys, the new like, day, like, basically of of W of AEW. Why do you have to have a swerve at all, though? Why? Like, you don't. I, I'm saying, but, okay, yeah, that's a bad that idea. Was, okay, and that's like the better thing would be to just have the claimed out there talking about how they're the best trios team, and you know, Bull Club Gold attacks them, and there you go, off to the races. Like it, it can be yeah. that simple. Like it really can. Um, yeah. Man, God, I hated that segment so much. I really did. It could this this whole thing could have been like a secret huge win if it just combined yes. belts. And I was like, oh, thank God, this has been the base. Like besides, like the world title, which has been good, and the tag titles, which has been good, and the women's title has been good. Like all three of those would be good stories, and I'm happy about that. But like that could have been sneaky, like number four in the list of like this this run up to this pay per view. Like, oh, we're combining some belts. Let's do yeah. the international and the. Well, and the and TNT like, like next, that'd be so great. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, and the the fact that like I think those two teams are good enough, like in their roles, where you could have like a good four or five week feud between those two. Like I think mm-hmm. that like you could put the acclaimed, and they could still do kind of their silly shtick, but in a humorous, serious way that like were you really behind them to beat Bullet Club Gold and like and that and that team. Um, and now it's just like, blah. It's re- I mean, I, I think they just missed. They just they missed it. They missed entirely. Um. All right. Last thing before we get to like a broader question, um, and this comes from uh, Zach, who contributed a super chat here. Thank you, Zach. Hot take: The CMLL guys should go over the Bullet Club, the Bullet Club, the Blackpool Combat Club next week. The luchadors need more respect, and you want them to mean something. Be, you want them to mean something behind just being talented visitors. Um, I, I'd be fully behind that. I would be fully behind that happening. Like, I think 
that last night's like uh, introduction, Tyler. I'm really curious as to what you thought about that. Well, I'll just throw it to you first because I because I I don't want to like lead lead the question. Like, what what do you think of the CMLL inter- introduction yesterday? And you know, what do you think about Zach's suggestion here that put him over because they're going to wrestle the CMLL group is going to wrestle BCC in full. John Moxley, Claudio, and uh, Brian Danielson next week on Dynamite. Yeah, I thought it was a fine intro. Uh, you know, do we need this in AEW at, the, at this moment? Like more wrestlers that most people don't know who they are. I think it's a broader issue with the company. Also, like this to me seems like the forbidden door. Like you're going to get more from CMLL than New Japan. Um, because what would that even look like? It'd be like a bunch of New Japan matches from five years ago, like we talked about. Right, right. <laughs> half right, your right. roster, half your roster <laughs> top guys is now New Japan guys. So, um uh, that as an event doesn't intrigue me at this point like it did a couple years ago like i'd rather aw focus on what we've talked about today and like their top guys and, and telling stories with them as opposed to having to break down all these new but, you know if you're going to introduce them it's a it's a fun way to do it i agree if you're going to commit to having more cmll people on the show maybe a whole pay-per-view they should win and beat a, a team that people like and all that stuff so that makes sense i just it's rather unnecessary. I'd rather you commit to whoever Daniel Garcia getting wins and moving up the card and taking on whoever. Who's the TNT champion right now? Christian. Uh, oh, scroll Christian. Yeah. So it'll be Edge at the show. So then Cassidy's internet. You know, whatever. I guess I don't feel like you should go with those <laughs> guys, but you know, something like I'd I'd rather somebody you're gonna commit to trying to build and make Garcia confirmed a mid card guy. By you know him in a match, what I don't know. That's a bad example, but there's other things you can do if you're going to commit to having your your talent get over. But you want to feel time and be excited. So yeah, I think it's a good example. I mean, I really do. And it's not just Garcia, but I think like a lot of guys at that level, um, you could just flop out for this swap out for this spot. Um, And I'm with you on that. Like so, inherently, my thought here is we we don't really need this. there's so many other talent on the roster. There's so much else for AEW to do. That said, I I think I'm higher on the introduction than I've ever been with terms of like outside talent coming into AEW. Uh, I'm the highest that I've been on that watching yesterday's show. Like in the past, you would have seen them just go to this match for out of nowhere, like they did like Vikingo and Kenny Omega that one time. It's like great. Vikingo is going to wrestle Kenny Omega in this huge match. Oh, that's okay. Cool. Like if you know who Vikingo is, I like that they took steps here to like show the audience who these guys are. Like they didn't necessarily like tell, like we didn't get vignettes. We didn't get a promo video. We didn't get any of that, but to they introduced themselves to the AEW audience on AEW TV in a major storyline driven way. We're going to attack John Moxley for heat because we got a match coming up again with Danielson on, uh, on collision against one of us and we've got, and we're going to now do this match, you know, next week. So I, like, I'm fine with that. Like the crowd didn't react because the crowd didn't know who they were, but mm-hmm. next time they will. And next time there's likely to be some heat behind that. So I, I thought this intro was fine. Um, and I'm, I don't know, man, like it wasn't great, but it was on the higher end of what we've seen so far for this kind of thing. Even going back to like the impact talent when they would just kind of mm-hmm. show up with no, mm-hmm real anything this was like a concrete step we want you to feel x way about these guys coming in 
wants you to not like them. So here you go. They're going to attack John Moxley. I thought it was. I thought it was fine. I thought it was totally fine. Yeah, I mean, small in the small window, it's great. If it's like a two week thing, great for me. But if it's like a bigger thing and it's AEW versus CMLL for four weeks well, in, the the, in the beginning of the summer, you know, right after maybe getting a new champion, and then that's all the heat's taken off because it's going to be Vikingo versus Swerve in the main event or whatever. Is Vikingo the triple or no? I guess CMLL is the CMLL title, right? Triple A's in. Yeah, I don't know uh, who. I don't know honestly. Obviously. Like, I don't know the CMLL title situation, to be honest. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, I just hope it doesn't get to that point of like, hey, here's one good thing, and then now we're going to spend a month with this weird thing that we don't need. But you know, if it's ECW invading WWF in the late '90s, that's fine. Yes. For like one week. So. Okay. Very good, Zach. Thank you. Um, and we're going to go to one more super chat from Zach, and this was posted in our Discord community first. Um, and if you want to be a part of that, I hope you do. Uh, you can become a Brass Ring Media member on Patreon, patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. We do a members-only podcast once a week. Uh, we do uh, PLE and pay-per-view review shows for our members. Um, we have the Discord community. You get full access to our newsletter on Substack um, and a host of other cool stuff. Um, so give us a try. We will uh, do all we can to earn your business and uh, uh, try us out. I think you'll be happy, happy you did. Patreon.com backslash Brass Ring Media. Uh, but Zach says, okay, you said to ask the question here, so here it is. What is a casual fan, and how does someone like Tony Khan book towards them without alienating the hard course? Tyler, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think a casual fan to me is somebody that pops in and out of wrestling, um, maybe consumes it in other ways, they have a golden era in their mind, whether that is the Hogan era, whether that's like you and I when we were growing up in the Attitude Era, whether that's the Ruthless Aggression era, whether that is twice in a lifetime era, right? Or, mm -hmm. or even, you know, that, that's someone that watched it pretty hardcore consistently, has a soft spot in their heart for wrestling in general, can be grabbed by it, but maybe doesn't watch it all the time and is not aware of. Maybe they could name 10 current wrestlers, right? That's like a casual fan in my mind. Um, and then there's levels to it, but that's the one you can obtain, right? You're not going to obtain, like, do you, like, do, do your parents like wrestling, Zach? No. Yeah, neither do mine. They'll come over, like, they were over for the Rumble, and they'll, like, you know, make horrible comments <laughs> on, on people and judge people horribly, and then I yell at them. So that's a whole thing, but... <laughs> um, you know, they're not watching the product ever. They're watching it because I'm having a party to watch it and they want to come over and have a good time. So they're not casual fans. They are, yeah. So that's like what I define as a casual fan. And to not alienate them is to not, you know, it's kind of what WWE does, right? Like, you can not watch any of the TV and you can sit down and if you pay attention, you know, the whole story between Roman and LA Knight and uh, Randy and AJ Styles. And then you get to watch the match and you're like, okay, I understand what's going on here. Right. If you do some things where like, you know, you do CMLL last night, which is not a problem, but you then, if that's like the biggest story going on, and you don't explain who these people, these characters are, that is alienating, alienating fans. And they're like, you know, you can get overwhelmed, right? It's like if you jumped in the middle, let's say you started reading 
a song of ice and fire the series and you jump in the middle of the third book you don't know who any of these characters are or you start watching game of thrones like season three episode two uh-huh. and you're like or you watch the red wedding for the first time and it has no impact on you because you don't know who any of these characters are right same sort of thing right and there's no hand holding and obviously with that you'd be like well, go watch the beginning but wrestling you're not you can't say go watch the beginning right that's like the biggest difference between like forms of media is that wrestling you have to assume a portion of your audience is watching for the first time or have gotten into it for the first month or to six months of their wrestling watching. You have to do handholding based on that forever, unfortunately. So that's like not alienating is to keep that in the back of your mind, which AEW has not had a great track record of doing. I 100% agree on your definition of a casual fan. Um, so I won't add much. I won't add much there. I, but I will talk about the alienation of like the hardcore fans. And I just don't, I guess Zach, like, I don't, I just kind of want to like push back on the premise of that. Like, I don't, I don't think it like appealing to a casual fan or trying to, you know, hook that casual fan and keep them coming back, you know, week in and week out. I don't think the, like what, what works to do that, I don't think has anything to do with an alienation of hardcore fans. I just don't like, because really when you're talking about like appealing to a casual fan, I don't think like to me that, and, and Tyler push back and interrupt if, if you disagree, but I don't, I don't take that to be, to mean, Oh, well we need a watered down product that appeals to more people or, you know, we can't push this star. We can't push that guy. It's not that. To me, like, catering to that casual viewer is very much like being buttoned up with how you present your show. And I don't think that has any impact on the hardcore fans. I don't think the hardcore fans are going to go, wow, boy, that video package. I really wish they didn't do that for 30 seconds. Like, I'm out of here. Like, I just, I just don't think that that's going to happen. But that can keep a casual fan interested, you know, if they are, if they love, you know, back in, if you look at even, even leave AEW out of it, there was a time where it was really hard to see how WWE was creating new fans that weren't always, that weren't watching their product already because it was just bad. Like Mm -hmm. they, they didn't recap enough. They weren't buttoned up in terms of storylines. They weren't, um, you know, they presented the same matches like over and over and over and over again. And, you know, you didn't know who was the top guys outside of like the tip top guys from Roman. It was all over the place. And, you know, they weren't a very successful product at when, when that, when that was happening, but it wasn't necessarily because, or like another great example is like Roman Reigns pushed as this top baby face, but a casual viewer walking into the show would be like, wait a minute, everybody hates this guy. Like why, what, why is he, what, he's like some kind of hero somehow this sucks like i'm turning this off like it's more that than it is like totally changing and pivoting your product so like when i look at aw i don't think you alienate hardcore fans of that company by doing a better job with making swerve strickland more consistent from a character perspective i don't think you hurt them by cleaning up the young bucks act so it eliminates the meta so that they can be more effective to people who don't understand the meta. Like, I don't, I just don't think you run anybody off that way. I, I, I just, 
I just don't like, I think it just buttons up your show and the hardcores really probably won't even know that it's happening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just think like, it's not a one for one, but think of like, you know, watching the NFL, right. You're watching this, the network broadcast that is for casual fans of football, right. And 30 million people watch playoff games and, you know, do they focus on the left guards footwork? Probably not, right. but there's certainly a YouTube channel that will get into why this left guard has the best footwork on outside running plays. And yes. that's like a hardcore audience that wants to find that. And that person probably has hundreds of thousands of views on all their videos because that's a niche audience they're supporting. Just like we are supporting niche wrestling fans. You know, everyone here is hardcore or hardcore adjacent, I would say, pretty easily. And that's a good thing, right? But those normal broadcasts are like, oh, yeah, look, there's Travis Kelsey catching a football. I know you know him. Here's Pat Mahomes doing something crazy. Oh, I love that guy. He's crazy. Yeah. You know, that, like, just those are, like, and, again, not the exact same thing because you're not telling stories that are pre-scripted, right? But same sort of thing of, like, you know when you're watching the game, you're focusing on the quarterbacks, the wide receivers, the defensive players who make plays. Like, you're not focused on the punters. You're not focused on the guards, et cetera, right? And they, but you need those guys on the field. Same thing with wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. And um, so I guess that's kind of a strained analogy, but just think of that as like, who does everyone know? Who does your mom know in football? And who do you, you know, how many players could you name in football, right? You can probably name all 53 players on your active roster on week 10 of the season if no one's hurt, right? But like someone in your life could probably name Justin Fields, right? And that's it for the best. Yeah. And those are different levels of fans. And, the person that only knows Justin Fields or doesn't know anyone on the Bears will still watch that game because the way it's presented that you are not like an idiot for not knowing that, et cetera. And I'm not yeah, saying AEW does that per se, but you feel kind of out of the loop, which is what you're getting at. The NFL is a good example. I mean, that product, that television product is so easy to watch. I mean, mm -hmm. it's easy to watch. For, my wife doesn't even like football, and I think she likes the habit of – laying on the couch on a, on a Sunday afternoon mm -hmm. and just listening to the game and whatever. Cause it's just, it's an easy watch. You don't have to know, like, like if you know a lot about football, you can enjoy it. If you don't, mm -hmm. you can enjoy it. You know who the stars are. You know who the big players are. The same rule applies in, in, in wrestling. It's a little bit different, of course, but I, I, I think if, if the NFL had a, had a product that was, and the broadcast was littered with, you know, well, the tackle is going to pull here and he's going to then the fullback's going to follow and they're going to, you know, jet sweep to the right. Like, you know, that's not, that appeals to some people, but that's not going to get 50 million people watching on a, mm -hmm. on a Sunday night. So it's a good example, man. Yeah. Well, we'll play it. We'll play it, Tyler Sage. You guys, it's that time of day. We're going to call it. We'll pull plug there. We will do our members show um, and that will drop on Rashford Media. For our members on Patreon, patreon.com backslash brass media. Thank you to everybody who joined the show today. Thank you to everybody who submitted um, super chats. It really helps, really helps us, really helps us keep uh, the brass ring media thing going. And we are set to grow as of next week with a slate of new shows and then a couple new co-hosts. And we're really excited to deliver that news. So thanks to Zach. Thanks to Sean. Thanks to Tracy um, and everybody else who listened to us live. Thank you. If you're listening after the fact, either here on YouTube or uh, on our podcast feed. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. Always a pleasure, my friend. Always a pleasure. Yes, very much so. Excited for next week. Getting into the road to Perth. 
and uh, Greensboro. So should be a good month. It's going to be fun. Guys, thank you. We'll catch you next time. See ya.